The Charlotte Hornets are included in a recent NBA GM survey. And then we go back to the random wheel of Hornets topics all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It is Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I don't know what Doug is doing. That's a new dance move. Look, I'm kind of out of it right now. We are in the same clothes. We have the same gnats buzzing around Doug's head, but we are doing a different show. What a Locked On Hornets walk of shame. I'm losing it right now. I I just didn't know what that dance. I don't know why I'm so tickled by that dance, but I am. Well, you know, I used to do... I used finger. to do the finger. I used to do finger guns, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, you, you, it's, <laughs> it's just like I don't want that imagery out. I don't want to support. I don't want to support. <laughs> um, you know, the proliferation of arms in this country anymore. So I've decided instead of finger guns, just take the. I take the take the one thumb down and just do, okay. do this kind of thing. <laughs> that, that and it just it, it really it's it's just about getting my energy up, getting ready to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. It's been difficult to talk about them this summer. We've had a lot of heavy topics. I, I just added gun violence to the list of heavy topics that we discuss on the show. Uh, but we've had a lot of uh, heavy topics on the show this summer, and the Hornets haven't added anything uh, that could really make you get hopeful for this upcoming season. So there's some things that I have to do physically to get up and get excited to give the people uh, something, you know, to be entertained by Walker. I, I know, and you are very good at that. Before, look, it was, a, it was a nice effort to try to segue. It was a good effort. It was a nice transition. You deserve to get swiggy with it. I did want to say, if you bring both of the finger guns and move them the way as if you were doing it earlier, then you look like your Samity Sam, especially with the red beard. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a Looney Tune. <laughs> boom, boom. All right, I'm sorry. We don't need to do that anymore. Let's talk about the Hornets offseason. It's not been very good. I have a headache, and it's because the Charlotte Hornets, they've given me a headache. It is chronic, and it is because they have not done anything this offseason except bring back Cody Martin on an $8 million a year yeah, Don't deal. disrespect Cody Martin. I by like saying you, can, you can't like say they haven't done anything. That would A, be factually except, incorrect. I said except. I'm just okay. I'm good. That's what I'm saying. I'm proud of you because we cannot leave Cody Martin off. He he will. And all and I'm being serious. Same. Like I'm excited to see if if Cody Martin um can use this opportunity to extend his game a little bit. And and you know the Martin twins have been valuable to two franchises now: the Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat. That's right. At the same time, if that's the only move outside of the NBA draft that you make, it's then you good. might end up. <laughs> In the NBA GM survey, that is the question of which team had the worst offseason in the association. The Charlotte Hornets actually aren't listed number one on this. (laughs) Dodged it. Um, They came away with three votes. I believe 15 NBA GMs were polled here, Doug. Yeah, this was an ESPN survey. This is not the big. Don't be confused. This is not the big GM survey that ends up on Hornets still could get number one in that. So don't, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that survey goes so negative. I think this ESPN, the, the, that one's more about who's going to do things, not you know who's not doing things. Uh, but yes, the Hornets uh, do land in the number two slot with three votes of the team that had the worst offseason. Number one on the list. Congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks. Woo. Thank you, Dallas, taking that 
title away from the Charlotte Hornets. Six votes compared to the Hornets three. Now, That's pretty crazy. Surprising. I, I, I know the thought behind it. You get to the Western Conference Finals and then you mm-hmm. lose Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. But you did gain Christian Wood. Christian Wood, fine enough. I, I don't think that they got so awful. It's just weird that they, I don't view them as having the worst off season, especially when you compare them to the Hornets, Doug, I, I I'd probably vote for the Hornets. I, I don't want to just be over dramatic considering this is the team I cover every day, but compare them to a lot of other teams. Go, go down the list of all of the Eastern conference teams that finished above the Hornets and every one of those teams got better. I, it's crazy. And you, yeah, yeah, I can see why the Hornets are number one. Well, number two but, here, but would be number one. But I, you know, one could look at this, Walker, and say that it actually is sadder for the Charlotte Hornets to finish second on this list <laughs> because the only reason they finish second on this list is because the team above them has such high expectations, whereas the Charlotte Hornets literally have zero expectations. They have not only not made the playoffs the last two seasons, they have been embarrassed on national TV uh, in, in two consecutive play-in games. So that's why they finished second here is that this is essentially the, the GM saying, well, I mean, you, it's tough to get worse than, than, than where you were. Uh, you managed to do it by not doing anything, um, but it is, it is more difficult. And obviously uh, they are factoring in the, the Miles Bridges felony domestic uh, violence uh, charges and the uncertainty around that situation that has uh, undoubtedly uh, made um, the Charlotte Hornets from, from a fan perspective and a basketball perspective and a human perspective so, so much worse. Yeah, and so this could be one of the reasons. It's one of the the few times I think maybe the Hornets aren't exactly entirely at fault for their bad offseason. Yes, plenty of things to blame them on if you want to, for sure. But also the Miles Bridges charge definitely comes in and affects things in a very negative way, and it's not something they plan for. Well, here's something interesting, too, in this ESPN write-up on this. Uh, This says the Hornets received three votes for their handling of James Borrego, who was viewed as doing a good job the past couple of years before Charlotte fired him him, after the season. Then hire him. No one's hired him. These GMs are like, oh, we love James Borrego. You going to hire him? I don't think so. He got blown out twice (laughs) and played. You can't hire that guy. And look, man, like I, I get, look, I was very both sides in James Borrego, but yeah, you're right. And we know, we know that there are definite, I don't know, let's say that there are incentives for the media to maybe sprinkle that, Hey, he's awesome. People view him very highly. Yada, yada. I totally what you, what get are you, it. What are you getting at here? What are you, what, are, what saying, incentives? Well, incentives for the reporters. You know, what, like getting in with the agents of one Borrego saying, yeah, you know, it's like it's what we see in tweets. You know, you see it all the time with these players. You know, you see Borrego rep? I don't even time. recall who Borrego was repped by. Let's see if I can. I have it no up. clue. I have no clue. Yeah. Do they deserve to be number one on this list, Doug? Instead of number two. I, I get the reasoning. No, I, I I agree that the Dallas Mavericks did because you, you know, as as a team, you you have not only not only like playoff excellence hope you have NBA finals hope and you have a generational talent and Luka Doncic and instead of getting better you you manage to get worse by allowing Jalen Brunson to get away um that that would break my heart if the Charlotte Hornets finally sniffed uh Western Conference or, or Eastern Conference in the case of the the 
the Charlotte Hornets, if they if they sniffed conference finals or sniffed finals relevance, and instead of putting their foot firmly on the gas, d- allowed a a good player to get away, that would break my heart. And I think, yeah, I would absolutely um, uh, demonize them for it. And I'm glad the general manager is calling out Dallas for doing that. Yeah, uh, the Hornets. Still second on this list. A lot of it has to do with Miles Bridges. They also didn't do anything else to get better. And it's one of the few teams in the Eastern Conference that did not get better. Is there something you're looking up that you want to go to very quickly? I was trying to see who Rep James Borrego, but I can't can't figure it out. Um, Here's another interesting thing that does have something uh, somewhat to do with the Charlotte Hornets, and that's they asked these general managers, which team will Donovan Mitchell be on the day after the trade deadline? I'm sorry for reading that weird. Let me try again. Which team will Donovan Mitchell be on the day after the trade deadline? Actually, not you know a well-written what? That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not actually my fault. I'm going to blame whoever wrote, who, who wrote this? Tim Bontemps. Come on, Tim. Mm, uh, you got to do, do better than that. I have a baby. I haven't slept in weeks. Uh, feels like years. Uh, you can't be throwing sentences like that at me. All right, so the question is, which team will Donovan Mitchell be on the day after the trade deadline? And the New York Knicks get 14 out of 15 votes. The Utah Jazz get get one vote. Uh, that's probably Danny Ainge somehow trying to again negotiate through the media, through the media uh, by voting for his own team. Uh, but yeah, everyone's saying it's either Knicks or Jazz. Yeah, there you go. So the Hornets not even on that list, and instead the Knicks and the Jazz are on that list. Um, yeah, play for it's play for who did Donovan Mitchell play for? Not where who will Donovan Mitchell be on? That's the way to go with that. Yeah, there you go. Helping with it. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. <laughs> Let's go to the random wheel of topics coming up next, but not before we mention bet online BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts random wheel of topics coming up next locked on hornets is locked on hornets develop winning habits you know what winning habits are scoring things in the box score that's what winning habits are you compete rebounds when you, assists. yeah when you compete points. you get rebounds when you compete you get assist when you compete you score points it's not you about effort the it's about competing <laughs> Hey, you want to be back on the show, baby. I got you, Doug. You want to be back on the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We prepared very hard for the random wheel of topics. Let's get to it right now. Random wheel, trying to figure out the jingles, the music, and then the sound effect thingy at the very end once the wheel decides. Now, it went to a topic we've been going to a ton here recently. So we did that with the Who Wore It Best in the last episode. We'll see if it comes up with that same topic again. For those that cannot see the wheel, the topics are as such. Who Wore It Best, but also win-loss, lineups. I think that's three exclamation points. Oh, I accidentally spun it. I'm sorry. I accidentally spun it. Yep, can't read it anymore. This one doesn't count. it does. Just enjoy the music. <laughs> yes. It's lineups. We can go with lineups if you want. I mean, that's fine. No, I want no. That was I just accidentally clicked the button. 
You wanted me to stop reading that badly. Sorry. Um, I don't even know where I was. Uh, in case you missed it, NBA draft. Hornets myths. In case you missed it, summer league. In case you missed it, free agency. Those are the topics in the random wheel of Hornets content. Okay, Doug, now you can spin it once again. I'm glad at least the people got a little taste of the music. Here we go. Very good. We're jamming. Okay, something different. In case you missed it, the NBA draft. Let's take a little walk, a little walker, down memory lane. That's me. The NBA draft, this past NBA draft. Walker, what do you remember about this NBA draft? I don't know any of these topics outside of like two who wore it best and lineups. I don't know. I didn't know that these were other topics we could go to. What do I remember about the NBA draft? Considering the Charlotte Hornets, I do remember that we had a very depressing episode, a reaction episode right after, because we did not understand why they traded Jalen. We all wanted Jalen Duran badly. Then they drafted him. Then they traded him to the New York Knicks or the Pistons, you know, a whole bunch of picks involved there, whatever. And then really the only thing the Hornets got in return was the Denver Nuggets first round pick that is protected, therefore very likely to be worse. I, In fact, it has, I think it's 100% possibility. I forget the protections on it, but it's not going to be better than the pick they had when they drafted Jalen Duran at number 13. And instead they selected Mark Williams with their other first round pick who I like. And I hate that that comes at the detriment of how we discuss Mark Williams. You've heard me talk glowingly about his defense, how I think he's actually underrated on offense, but we were both pretty damn excited about Jalen Duran. That's what I remember about the draft. Well, it's not often that a team says, yeah, you know, Mark Williams was our guy. And instead of taking that guy 13th, they were so sure that their guy would be there at 15th. They decided, nah, we'll we'll take the risk that 14, somebody could come up and stat. Like, they weren't even willing to be sure enough on Mark Williams to take him at 13, so they decide to take him at 15th instead. Can you imagine how much of a disaster it would have been had somebody jumped the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Hornets by trading with the Cavs and taking Mark Williams because they knew the Hornets were going to take him? And, and you know, you could sit there, you could sit there with rose colored glasses and think, no, certainly they wouldn't have done that. They had, to, they were certain, but you can't be certain in these war room situations. Things change so rapidly and the clock is ticking and you never know what's going to happen. They completely left it up uh, to, to chance essentially. I'm sure they had some Intel, but again, you never, there's so much smoke and mirrors that happens on that night um, that they decided to leave the franchise's future up to, uh, one pick when they could have certainly done something at 13 instead of trading the pick away for a legitimately worse first round pick. I just in recent memory cannot recall a team deciding, hey, you know what we have too many of? <laughs> We've got too many darn first round picks. I we got to get rid of some of these. I hated the the explanation made it so much worse. The fact that we're actually a team with too many young players right now. And so we're going to actually downgrade one of our assets. The the only, only redeeming thing I heard about that trade was when we had Richard Stamen on of, of really, I think it was a lockdown NBA draft. And he was saying, actually, I like this. Okay. Because you get a, a pick in a star studded class coming up next year. That's the only redeeming quality I heard about why they might make that trade. If Mark Williams is your guy, there's not a huge difference. And then you just want an extra pick in next year's NBA draft. Okay. 
it's still hard for me. It's still hard to sell me on. Yep. I want to go get a worse draft pick. Yeah. I guess this does, this does have the potential to get better, right? If they can swing something to move up in next year's draft, because the pick that they got in return is not, you're not going to get any stars or studs where the Denver nuggets are going to end up picking and with the protections on it. Uh, Even if the Denver nuggets were to play poorly, you're not going to see, uh, you're not going to see the benefits of that. So you, you've got to have it somewhere uh, outside of the lottery. So, yeah, I mean, I, I remember being disappointed. My my question to you, Walker, would be this. You know, we we just went through the GM survey, and they listed some things that made this offseason difficult for the Charlotte Hornets and one of the worst offseasons in the NBA. They didn't mention the draft. Uh, so the, the, I guess maybe there's either a neutral opinion of how they handled the draft or not, or or maybe a positive opinion about how they handled the draft. But in your mind, how does the draft factor in? Let's do a little rank radio since you just uh, got done at WFNZ. Let's go to an old uh, radio staple here, a little rank radio. Where do you rank the the draft in terms of the things that have made this the one of the worst uh, off seasons in the NBA? It's honestly towards the bottom. I don't know if that's the same for you (laughs) as much as we hated the philosophy behind that trade, because again, it's important. We keep bringing this up. Yes. We hated the philosophy behind the trade. We did not hate the player they ended up with. And in fact, Bryce McGowan's a pretty damn good second round pick. A lot of people thought he might go in the first. They did move up to go get Bryce McGowan's and he looked pretty good in summer league was shooting the ball pretty well. So yes, took a lot of shots, but overall, liked what I saw. There is certain potential there. There there was some saving grace to have come from the NBA draft. Miles Bridges is clearly the number one bad thing that happened to the Hornets. It doesn't have to be their doing, but that is the number one bad thing. And then second, I don't think it related, but not the same thing. It's their free agency period where they didn't do anything, you know, co- as much as you like Cody Martin. And, and I do too. Like it's a totally, I call it a fair trade. Don't do that. I don't want to hate Cody Martin. Please don't put that on me. I like Cody Martin fine, but it's not the thing that's going to make you a better basketball team. If that's the only thing you do in free agency. So I would say miles bridges and that felony charge. Then it was the lack of involvement in free agency. And then it's the NBA draft, unless there's a couple of, other, well, you know, the Kenny Atkinson thing too, I guess. That's something you can Oh boy, yeah. Duh, yeah. What we need to do, <laughs> should I add that to the wheel of content in case you missed it? Kenny Atkinson deciding that um, Charlotte, uh, he didn't actually didn't want to coach the Charlotte Hornets, possibly because Charlotte wouldn't allow him uh, to select his own coaching staff. So instead they had to fall back and uh, onto a coach that has already previously coached and been fired by this same front office. Yeah, uh, we forgot about that. Yeah, we did forget about that. Now, the only thing about that, too, is that Kenny, there were a couple of things he said why he wanted to come back to Golden State that had been true the entire time he was deciding if he wanted to leave. His family likes it in Golden State. He's going to stick with a championship caliber roster. Those were all things that we knew. And that's the well, thing. This like, ha- that, I- happened, that happened right before the draft, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Kenny was probably looking at them trading away a first round pick for a worse first round pick and going, <laughs> boy, I think I made the right call. Um, but forget that guy. He spurned us. I, you know, I don't want to, I'm not I'm praising Kenny Atkinson here. I mean, come on, he, you know, bad communication. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, so I agree with you. I think you're right. But 
I'm going to make the case that the draft was the worst thing that oh, happened. Oh, wow. Flipped it? You're going to flip it? Okay. I'm gonna, I, think you right. me, I think you're right. I think you're right. But just for gotcha. the sake of argument, I'm going to try to make this argument. I like that. And, and the argument really foundationally is this. This was something in their control. They had control over this situation. And yes, they did end up with a player that satisfied a need in the short term, but certainly in the long term as well. And hopefully Mark Williams develops into that anchor center, you know, defensive minded center that they've needed for so many years. Uh, But you had an opportunity uh, to really put this franchise and and you got lucky. That's the thing. You got lucky by getting that pick because New Orleans decided uh, to to make a late run and get into the playoffs like you you did. It's like you fell into some great luck and instead went, no, actually, I don't want that. I want to give that away. But this was in your control. And so many fans put hope and they put a lot of value on those picks. And you you basically pooped on those fans and said, no, I know you feel like that that's valuable, but I'm going to sit here and tell you it's gaslighting. It's gaslighting to, for Mitch Kupchak wow. to come out and say, actually, the thing that you think is valuable, that, yeah, maybe a lot. May, Oklahoma City obviously values. They have like a thousand first round picks. Uh, that uh, All other GMs value the first round picks. But I'm going to tell you that these aren't actually valuable. They pooped on the fans. <laughs> these gnats are killing. These gnats are still killing me for a second straight episode. These hornets. Every time. Here, here's the thing. I think I'm summoning them. Uh, by get, as soon as I get upset, they start swarming. Yeah, you are. They, a it's like a poltergeist. It's like it's here. like a gnat yeah. poltergeist that I'm summoning here with my my frustration around the hornets. Yeah, hornets. All right. Um, do you want to go back to the wheel? In the, th- in the next segment, sure. I mean, yeah, we got yeah. listen. We got plenty of content. I felt good about that one. I think we can do it again. Okay. All right. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I have no idea what's coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned for the wheel of random topics. Could be anything. This is Locked On Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Let's go to the random topic generator once again, as we just gave you the, in case you missed it, NBA draft synopsis. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether fiery. it's, well, listen, I don't know whether it's the headache that, that you have right now that I've probably contributed uh, most of, if not all mm-hmm. of your headache at, to this point. I don't know if it's that or what, but I think since we introduced the wheel of random Hornets content, every time you mention it, you call it something different. <laughs> because I, well, that's part of the radio thing because you don't want to say <laughs> the same thing over and over again. I don't, and we need to go to this thing. You don't want to say the same thing over and over again. You got to switch it up. So that's actually a conscious decision, but you're right. I do have a headache. No, I no, see. I disagree. Then, and you know, I've I've said it many times on the show. I'm too dangerous for sports radio. They you you won't let me on. They won't let me on. They bar the door, <laughs> and I bang on the door. I say, let me in. I've got takes to spit. I'm I'm calling up. They they've blocked my number. 
Uh, I'm too dangerous for sports radio. And, and part of it is because I think actually counterintuitively, you do want to say it's called it's called memes, Walker. I don't know if you've heard of memes, memetics. It's when you say things over and over again and you put, for example, you play the same music over and over again. It gets embedded right into not only the consciousness, but also the subconsciousness. And that's how you make a difference in this world. <laughs> that's what it dismounts. <laughs> I am delusional, man. Spin the wheel! Spin the wheel (laughs) of random names. (laughs) (laughs) Who were the best? Who were the best? (laughs) We've never done that before. Who who wore wore the jersey the best? What's the best number worn by this individual player? I'm going to name the topic a bunch of different things. All right, Doug, you explain the rules. And then we, we need to take this segment to go down the list that we've already gotten through. And then next episode, the first segment will actually do who wore it best. Yeah. We've gone through a lot of them. I've got to actually, I've got to pull it up here. So I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I pulled it up on the wrong screen. Here we go. I've got it. And it's not full. You want me to help by explaining the rules during your stall? Explain the rules. My computer's glitching. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The rules are we decide who wore it best when we go down the list of every single number worn in Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats. History. We're getting close to the end. I might have to take this off the kind wheel of. pretty soon. Well, no, because then we're get, I mean, because we're, we're just past Jeff Gordon, right? So now we're going to 23. And I think every number is going to have been worn from 23 down, or at least pretty close. But if you switch numbers, we can't encompass your entire career and attribute it to that one number you wore for this certain amount of stretch. We have to dictate whether you wore that number best when you were wearing it and not take all of your stats accumulated. So that's really the big rule. It's the only one. Let's start with Arnie, Doug. Yeah, to make this, because I I do have to read a lot of names here, so maybe I'll play a little music here to make this a little bit more Do you want me to say the nicknames and you, because that you need, it probably takes like, what, 15 (laughs) seconds of your time. So you say the names, I'll say the nicknames. Okay, here we go. Uh, Number 98 goes to Arnaldus Kulbica. Arnie. Number 55, Chris Douglas Roberts. CDR. Lee Nalon at number 54. Nails. <laughs> Matt Geiger at number 52. Geiger counter. Number 50 goes to Emeka Okafor. Oki. Yeah, what was Emeka? Hold on. I've got to see if Emeka Okafor had a list of nickname. Uh, he didn't. No no uh, nickname for Emeka. Can we call it? I like the Oki doke. I wish we could travel back in time and cover the Bobcats during the Emeka Okafor era and try to make that a thing. Okay. But we can't because the <laughs> past uh, doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. All we have is the present moment. Number 45 went to Armin Gilliam. The hammer. Black hole. Number 44, Kenny Gaddison. The coal man. You're wrong. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I really just wanted to get the gap man in there. <laughs> Derek Coleman got number 44. Uh, do you have a nickname for Derek Coleman? I said the cold man. I already moved on. All right. Number 43, Anthony Tolliver. Ant-Man. Number 42, PJ Brown. Uh, Peach. Number 41, Glenn Rice. Uh, um, Rice Krispie Treat. Glenn's awesome. Yeah, there you go. Rice Krispie Treat. Number 40, Cody Zeller. Sock puppet, sock puppet gnome guy. Number 39, Tom Tolbert. Mm, Frosted Tips Tolby. Yeah, Tommy T with the frosted tips. Number 35, Gerald Glass. World-class glass, that is. Number 34, J.R. Reed. Baby Jordan, but not really. 
Number three, Al- number thirty-three, Alonzo Mourning. Um, the, the the goat at block shots. So I mean, Zo is his nickname. Yeah, you're, Zoe, that's you're getting true. You're, you're thinking you're thinking too outside the box. Sometimes yeah, you just got to go with the name. Sorry. Get your sorry. head in the game. Number thirty-two, sorry. Boris Diaw. Um, I the Frenchman. No, the correct answer is Fat Boris Diaw. Number thirty-one. <laughs> We're Kurt just insulting Rambis. players now. Well, that Rambo. was his nickname. Rambo. Number thirty-one, Kurt Rambis. Rambo. Number thirty, Dell Curry. Um, the OG. DC for three is the correct answer. I, just, I like this. I'm just going to tell you whether you're right or wrong in the nickname. Okay. Dwayne Jones. The Rock. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Number 25, Al Jefferson. Big Al. <laughs> Number 24, Jamal Mashburn. Mash. All right. And okay. that's the rundown. That'll do it for this edition of Locked That saved time a lot. Okay, who's number 23? Who wore it best? The seven players. Oh, Tommy Tom T. Tobert again. No. Tom Tobert, 1989. How did he? He had two stints with the Hornets? That's amazing. He did. How, we missed this somehow. Yeah, he was. He joined the team in 88-89, inaugural season. Number nine, and then 94-95 had a different number. Played 14 games the first time he was with the Hornets. 10 games the second time he was with the Hornets in 94-95. Tommy T with the frosted tips. Can he possibly be the most efficient who wore it best player and get two different numbers? It doesn't look like he'll be able to do that. Uh, Also number 23. And I know this is probably Terry Dozier, uh, Mm -hmm. but I like to imagine that Terry Dozier um, is just Terry Rozier uh, trying to give a fake name at a hotel and being very uncreative. It's like Homer Simpson. If he was Terry (laughs) Rozier. Don't give a fake name. My name is Mr. Burns. All right. uh, Terry Dozier, 1990. Michael Adams again. Or no, we did Michael Williams. This is Michael Adams, 1995 to 1996. Former all-star Michael Adams. Yeah, you know, Michael Adams. Yeah. Not a a bad player. uh, Weird. I actually, one of the more, one of the bigger names I had forgotten played for the Hornets. I, or, or just not even known to be honest. I, I didn't, remember him playing for the Hornets at all, but actually, yeah, 50 games, 60 for him pretty much. So, well, another, Crazy. another all-star that, that came uh, to Charlotte to die, essentially not, not literally, but, <laughs> right. but the career ended in Charlotte. <laughs> We've gone through a few players. I don't know. I mean, he's probably still alive. Uh, this does it. Does this say, uh, I think it would <sighs> say if he died. Certainly hope so. I really um, hope so. I apologize for the disrespect. If that's not the case. I don't think he, but not, it's not disrespectful. I don't think he is. I'm no, just saying. I, I yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Live and kicking. Number 23, Derek Anderson in 2007. Uh, Jason Richardson wore the number 23, 2008 to 2009. Stephen Graham in 2010. And, of course, Kai Jones donning the 23 in 2022. You know, Michael Jordan's number has not gotten a lot of love in Charlotte. Nope, not a lot. And Kai Jones dared to wear that number once he was drafted. Playing pretty well for the Bahamas right now. And Kai Jones hoping to be the player that wore it best down the line. But this one pretty clearly has to go to Jason Richardson, who had a pretty awesome one season for the Bobcats. Mm -hmm. And that would be it. I played close to 100 games, but really just played that 07-08 year and uh, Mm -hmm. put up some pretty good numbers. 21.8 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.4 steals in that uh, season. Effective field goal percentage, 52. Yeah, uh, from three, 40%, almost 41%. On seven attempts per game, by the way. Like, Rich was shooting it very well. 
Shooter, number 23, goes to Jason Richardson. Nickname? Jay Rich. That's right. Number 22. I think we got time for one more. Number 22, uh, Ralph Lewis in 1989. Johnny Newman, 1991 to 1994. How about Tom Chambers in 1997? Brevin Knight, 2005 to 2007. Ronald Murray in 2010. Flip. Flip Murray. Yeah, you okay, you're right. I don't know why I don't know why that didn't come to mind immediately. I think I No, know yeah, Flip Murray. I, I feel like Flip Murray was the Kenny Lofton of the NBA, but really that just became Ish Smith down the line. But he played for a lot of different teams. Ronald Murray. All right. Um Lord Byron Mullins, twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, wore the number two two. Uh, Brian Roberts in 2015 to 2017. Throw out the deuces. I like the little deuce, deuce, Brian Roberts. And then Vernon, Vernon Carey Jr. in 21 and 22. So who you liking here? Yeah, I think Johnny Newman is the only one that did anything substantial for this team. And he was. Uh, excuse me? Excuse me? Don't do you not it. remember when Lord Byron I, Mullins dunked yeah. on LaMarcus Aldridge? One of the greatest <laughs> dunks in NBA history. Are you kidding me? It It is insane but people do love byron mullins during his time please i am I, I have not visited his reference page in god knows how long actually i saw uh i think it was si somebody was doing like a fan survey um and rated i think byron mullins came in as like one of the most hated bob uh charlotte oh, really? players of all time which is I think strange people- like i don't know how could you hate byron mullins yeah the dunks were cool he had a couple of awesome dunks did have the one year where they were not very good and averaged close to 11 points per game started so many started so many games i remember Um, i remember lord byron mullins johnny newman is in contention for most underappreciated hornet of all time i don't know if he switched numbers i don't know if he had two different stints but no it doesn't look like he did and was very productive for the hornets look at the efficiency there was a, a Big time score started 81 and 55 games um, his first two years with the Hornets. Yeah, Johnny Newman was awesome. All right, Johnny Newman gets the number 2 2 for the Charlotte Hornets. The new man. Uh, did, did he have a nickname, Johnny Newman? John Sylvester Newman. Jay, Jay New. <laughs> That's what I was going to guess, to be honest. So I'm glad I got it right in my head. All right, 21. You want to wait for that one? Let's not do that one. There's 12 no, players. Let's keep Blackjack, baby. Let's keep it. Yeah. Let's keep it for the next show. All right, coming the next up. Next time, the random Hornets wheel of contents uh, graces random, us with its presence. Random topics. I'll call it something different. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. You can also check out Locked On NBA anywhere you get your podcast. Just a 30 daily minute update on everything taking place within the association. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 